Well, welcome to Becoming Quantum Consciousness. I guess our countdown did not want to count down today. My name is Bart Sharp, and we are on United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 107.7 and 105.3. And we just wanted to welcome you to uh, this um, station and to Becoming Quantum Consciousness coming out of beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, what I really wanted to note today that's, is that it is uh, International Women's Day. And uh, we are, or at least I can say from a man's perspective, totally grateful for all the women I have known uh, throughout my life uh, and all the lessons and all the joys, all the experiences. And, and by God, I wouldn't be here today if there wasn't for women. And uh, so sending that total gratitude out there for International Women's Day. And today we have a woman on the show. Her name is Julie Bradshaw. And this show is called The Soul of a Horse. And Julie is a horse person. She grew up with horses, adored horses. And, and she was one of those cowgirls, I guess. Uh, probably from Texas. She's from Texas now, so I'd assume that. And uh, then she went away to college and the horses kind of went to the background and became a, um, after college, became a probation officer, an executive for a nonprofit, and then decided that it was best to become an intuitive, a psychic, and a medium. And that's where I met Julie because we did a lot of different uh, events together. And... Um, something started calling her back to horses. And um, that's where she is today as a intuitive, and may I dare say a horse whisperer. <laughs> so we welcome Julie Bradshaw. Thank, Thank you, you for being here. I'm glad to be here. Very glad to be here, actually. Yeah, this horses hold so much for us. Uh, they're a very special being. Uh, and, um, I guess I want to start to show, cause I use the word horse whisper. People use that term, but I don't know if anybody, how many people really know what it is. And do you, how do you feel about that term with your own personal life? Well, you know, to me, the, the term horse whisper, of course, it's became well known from, um, the book and the movie and, but and I've, I've been, you know, blessed, I guess, with being called a horse whisperer. But, you know, to me, you know, even though it kind of speaks to speaking to horses, um, it actually, to me, a true horse whisperer is someone who listens to horses. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a fine uh, differentiation there. Because in order to have a strong bond, in order to get a horse to listen to you, you have to listen to it. And I think that's a really important piece to it. So with that said, you might say that horses have their own language. Oh, very much so. Very, very much so. And what would that be like? Well, for horses, their language is actually um, through body language. You can watch horses, either domestic horses or in the wild. And, you know, although they do make some vocalizations, the majority of their language is in body language, you know, from their ears to their eyes. 
their tail even. Um, they communicate with their body um, and how they move it. There's, you know, there really are a lot of different ways that that happens. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing language to, uh, to learn. And, uh, you know, thank God we have people like you that are probably on this ever ending or never ending quest to really learn that language. That is absolutely correct. I, you know, I, it, I guess I'm trying to think about how to put it into words. You know, every horse is different. It's really no different than people. You know, you, you get a new horse in or you meet a new horse and, you know, the issues that they have, because I've rescued a lot of um, anxious horses. That's kind of been my focus. And every horse different is different. It comes with different um, behaviors. It comes with different fears. Um, and learning, you know, what is going on with that horse. And, um, you know, some horses love to be touched. Some horses do not want to be touched at all. And for someone who's very, I'm a very touchy person, you know, I've had to teach myself, okay, this horse doesn't want to be touched. So how can I communicate with it in a way that's going to be effective and that will make it feel comfortable and safe? Hmm. Yeah, it's a, that, that's quite a process with that, I'm sure. You know, I, I'm not a, I've not had much experience with horses, but I love horse movies. And uh, I'd have to say there's a couple of horse movies that are in my top 20. Because a lot of times when, you know, there's one, one thing about watching a movie for the first time, and it's all fascinating. But those movies that you go back to and watch time and again, uh, for me, Hildago and Seabiscuit. But I'm almost crying at the end of the movie because the horses seem to have a an emotional lesson in a communion with the people, with the movie. And, 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 and yes, that's the magic of movies, but, you know, they're giving something to people. It's always a thing that not only I've heard in the movies, but people have said very similar things. So I was just wondering if you had any feelings about that. Absolutely. For me, it, you know, it really is the magic of horses. You know, I even call my, you know, my Facebook page is horse magic and training because I just feel like um, as a society, humanity has always been fascinated with horses. Um, and there, to me, the reason for that really is, oh gosh, there's so many reasons. Um, their beauty, um, but their presence, their presence is um, just profound, not just their size, but their energy um, and, and how they project that energy. You know, for me, really, even how they respond to people, they will respond to one person one way and another person in a completely different way. Yeah. And, you know, I think many people really underestimate what horses are capable of. Um, and the intuitiveness that they have, it's really profound. Mm -hmm. um, so profound. Just, just as you're speaking right now, of course, both Julie and I are intuitives of magnitude. I do more shamanic and Julie does She's an intuitive counselor, a medium, and 
kind of a jack of all trades. On I, <laughs> I am. I am. But, but the but the intuitive and and medium is is a lot one of the ways she pays her bills. Um, but when you speak of that, I almost like feel it in your gut, that mm-hmm. in your heart, but more in your gut that when you talk of horses, there's something else coming out. It's something that is felt inside of you when you talk about them, that there may not even be a language for that. Uh, I can't, you know, I can't begin to tell you as just on a personal level. Um, you know, you mentioned that horses came back into my life and um, it was very unexpected. <laughs> um, I had I, horses were not on my radar. They hadn't been for many years. And I went to go meet someone who wanted to meet me and kind of learn a, a little bit about what I do. And she happened to have horses. And when we finished uh, kind of talking and meeting her and her horses, just out of the blue, she says, hey, would you would you come over here and meet this other horse? Um, we think he might be a good therapy horse. And my son has autism. And I had told her that, you know, I had looked into therapeutic writing for him Um, So I kind of thought that was, I thought maybe she wanted me to do a reading on him or do some energy work on him. And we walked across the, the, um, the barn and he is in a paddock with a, a pony and he comes just striding towards me. He's gigantic for horse people. He was 17 hands high, which is a really large, tall horse. And as he's walking towards me, just clear as day. He tells me, and I hear it in my head because I'm an intuitive, my home is with you. <laughs> and and I, I said, you know, in my in my head, I'm I, I'm a little panicking because I'm like, what? <laughs> um, no flirt about that. It's like very direct. It was very direct. And I said, but, you know, in my head, I'm like, wait, like I, I live in the suburbs. You know, I don't have room for a horse. You know, what would I do with a horse? I don't even know if this horse needs a home. Like, And so I just sort of (laughs) didn't say anything, but he was so, he came up to me and he would just not leave. He would stick Mm. his huge head, you know, in my body. And, um, you know, she finally took pictures of it because he just, his head was just like here and, you know, on my chest and he just wouldn't, he wouldn't stop. And I found out on my way home that he actually was looking for a new home. And, you know, that led into two weeks later, he belonged to me. <laughs> uh, so it did change. And um, horses have been in my life ever since. Wow. And the they so, have. So did helped. all of these things in the universe kind of pull together to like land shows up? Or, it did. You it know, did. place the board and like, you know, all of a sudden they're all there. It was everything was there. And he wow. was so he was he in the horse world. There's a saying of buddy sourness or separation anxiety from other horses. A lot of horses kind of deal with that. And he was very buddy sour with the pony that he was in the paddock with. But the day that the day that it came for him to come home with me, he just walked in the trailer. He didn't even look. The woman that owned him at the time just couldn't believe it. He got in the trailer and off we went. And um, he was my heart horse, which um, is kind of. For me, that is a soulmate in horse form. And he was, um, 
I, I can't even explain um, the connection that we had. It truly was magical and surreal. And every, anyone that saw us could see it. It was, it was really profound, but he left this world a couple of years ago. Um, and, but he taught me so very much. So the, so what, what are some of the lessons that he taught you? Um, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> because they believed that he couldn't be ridden, that he wasn't safe. It forced okay. me to learn, get to know horses from the ground. And not just immediately go toward to what, you know, what most people enjoy, which is horseback riding. Um, for me. So you, when you say from the ground, meaning that you, you both have your feet on the ground. Yes, we both have our feet on the ground. Um, right. I, I didn't ride him until um, the last month or two, even before he left. Um, it literally was all relationship building. So he taught me how to talk to horses and to listen to horses. Mm. Um, he had really high anxiety. And um, so he taught me that most valuable lesson. And he was there for me. Um, you know, I was going through a lot of personal things. And um, he kept me focused when I was going through a lot of my own anxiety um and okay so like i got it i just gonna keep peppering you with questions yeah how does a horse teach you to be focused so his anxiety was so high that i had to look for the tiniest amount of change in him from where he would go from you know not being anxious um, to being anxious. And it was in that space that I was able mm -hmm. to make, um, to, to make a difference, um, for him and lower his anxiety. So he really taught me how to pay attention to those really tiny changes. Um, and, and, you know, for me, it really is all about horses being safe in this world they are prey animals and we are predators. So to even have a strong relationship with a horse is a blessing um, because they are entrusting themselves to us as predators mm. and they are prey animals. Their entire existence is about remaining safe. So for me, my mission really with horses is to create an environment or a situation where they feel safe. So another question. Mm -hmm. It almost sounds like you're talking like a, a biofeedback type of technique in that as the horse's name is Scott, correct? Scout. He was Scout. Mm -hmm. Scout. Scout, not Scout. Scott, mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, so um, that if you calm down in your body, he felt more secure and could bring his anxiety down. So basically you were doing kind of a therapy on each other by going by by being aware of each other's bodies. Yes. You you nailed it. That is correct. That is correct. It it really is a matter of horses um horses have the ability. Their sensory system is so precise. So for instance, they can tell if there is a predator moving through their area. They can tell if the predator 
is there just for water or if the predator is actually looking for something to eat and they respond accordingly. So you're in the, you're, you're in Leander and I'm assuming Leander is outside of Austin, Texas, where my home is, but it's more of a prairie type of terrain with, you know, rolling trees and some hills, but there's also things like coyotes. Yes. And so Scott, Scott would, since something like that or a dog they could i you know more when i'm referring to that i'm thinking more of you know wild animals you know out um but but this but domestic animals have that same ability they're always on alert to some extent unless they feel safe enough to sleep or you know fully relax and um but you have to keep in mind that humans are predators So it's not just coyotes or dogs or anything like that. We too are predators in their mind. Mm. So it is about if we can control our own emotions, we can control and manage what's going on inside of us. They respond to it. Mm. Not only our energy, but even um, I teach a lot about limiting beliefs. Um, and how switching those and changing those can um, change our lives, you know, and how we operate. So I had a horse that he had, he was younger and he had started to show a little of of aggression towards me. And, you know, I was trying to put my finger on it and how finally, you know, what is going on inside me that's bringing this out in him? Um, And this was several years ago. And, you know, what I realized was there there was a particular population and I thought, oh, I don't feel respected by this population. And the very next day I I had gotten rid of that limiting belief. I just decided that I wasn't going to believe that anymore. um, And I felt I was respected. And his behavior changed like it was flipping a light switch. He -hmm. was never aggressive towards me ever again, ever. Wow. Yeah. That's a great story. Uh, It it, it always just comes down to a choice. And, you know, I've one of the more unusual horse movies I've seen, I think it's about it's about a horse whisperer who was the um, consultant on the the Robert Redford movie, The Horse Mm -hmm. Whisperer. And they made a movie about him, and I think his name was Buck. Buck Brannaman. Mm-hmm. It's a Brannaman. phenomenal movie. Yeah. And he says, in the movie, he goes, I don't meet people, I don't meet horses with horse problems. I meet horses with people problems. problems. Correct. And, I, and I, mm-hmm. taking on the projections, as you say, but also, of course, the training and the attitude that comes with the uh, training. Absolutely. Uh, It it really is a matter of, you know, I I think we were talking about this before the show of, you know, for many years and for much of even still ongoing in the horse community, you know, horses are a tool. They're used for, you know, various things for work, for herding cattle, for, you know, whatever. Um, but when we incorporate what is going on with people, 
you know, while we're working with horses, then you create this scenario of a partnership. Um, yes. And that really is, um, that really is key. Now, are there times that, that I'm the leader? Absolutely. Are there times that they are the leader? Absolutely. Um, you, you know, it, it, it fluctuates just like any other partnership, but you have to, you know, one as a human, you know, we are much smaller than they are. So we have to also feel safe, not just them feel safe. So there are boundaries that we set. Um, but we, we just have to recognize that what's happening with us is really, um, is really impacting them as well and vice versa even. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a wonderful, um, relationship there. Um, you know, um, I used to be a special ed teacher at the Texas school for the deaf. And, um, I worked with a lot of children with autism that were so-called deaf. <laughs> Basically nobody could really tell if they were deaf or hearing because they, we didn't have enough, testing or they were not responding. And um, I had an attitude that I would just be strict with this little girl. I say little girl, she's 18 years old, but she looked like she was about nine years old size wise. And um, it wasn't working. <laughs> I could not be, I couldn't be hone in on all the rules that I wanted to teach her and have any sort of breakthroughs. Then I went to a workshop on uh, more of the metaphysics of, uh, of people with autism and how they're more of an energetic being and how they really uh, are in a lot of different realities, a lot of different places all at once. And I was really excited about seeing her on Monday mornings. And every Monday and every morning that she came on the bus, we literally had to help her get off the bus, get her backpack. She had no motivation to come to school, basically. But that morning, she got her backpack, unlocked her uh, seatbelt, and was getting up off, uh, off the bus on her own she already knew that I had changed. And, and, and this kind of feels like the same reflection that maybe horses are really um, functioning in a lot of other places. You know, there's one place, there's one perspective you're telling me that, well, they, they feel everything from, you know, light hair touching their body, mm -hmm. uh, but also they are sensing things and vibrations that we have um, turned off. Absolutely. And that is absolutely correct. You know, I, as you mentioned, I'm a, I'm a psychic and medium, but I do, you know, a large part of what I do is energy work. And mm -hmm. um, I work, I do energy work actually on horses as well. And, a lot of, I think what I, what I do with horses that I also, and I've also done with people, but um, 
if if an owner is having difficulty with a horse and they, they're struggling with trying to figure out what's going on with it, a lot mm-hmm. of times that's when I'll be called in. And just like people, horses hold on to energy. And so of trauma, of abuse, of neglect, of even from like having an accident um, or being in an accident. And it's really phenomenal to see how a horse changes quickly when I'm able to release that energy from them, whether it's virtually or in person. So, so are you tuning into the trauma that's held inside the horse's body? Yes. Yes. Wow. And how that opens them up even to other things. I, I literally just did one earlier this week. Um, with a horse that was, he was, he was a gelding and he was so anxious and so just over the top. He was pacing and he was running to the windows of the arena and he was, you know, running around. He'd come up and even kind of nip at his owner and running, running, running. And I did some clearing on him because he had been abused in in his early life. Mm -hmm. And as I started working on him, he just started calming down. He started eating hay. So when you're working on him, what does that entail? Uh, Because I I want to get all the details. Yeah. So for me, what I do is I close my eyes. I see the horse's soul or, you know, their aura, their body, energy body. Um, And I look for where, you know, where they may be holding that energy. um, And or, you know, in this case, I cut energetic cords with the people who owned him you know, and may have committed, you know, abuse or neglect. Um, So I cut energetic cords there um, and, and just kind of stop that, um, stop that energy from, you know, being taken away from him. And he had, he had actually. We say stop that energy from being taken away from him. So is that what the energetic cord is doing is. Yes. Calling him back to like the previous owner and the previous owner is still. Uh, has this negative connection actively alive in the horse. Correct. That's you, you phrased it perfectly. Um, There is, so it's almost like he can't move on to heal with those energetic cords still in place. And so I cut those cords um, and, and even he had, you know, injured his current owner And so I actually cut cords between the two of them because there was just energy there, you know, of her being injured, um, him being anxious and things like that. And by the end of the session, not only had he gotten quiet, but when he did start moving around again, he was actually investigating his environment instead of worrying about what was going on outside the arena. He started putting his nose to the ground, like he was smelling what was going on there. He went and found something that he could play with and tossed it all over the arena. His energy had changed in what he was interested in literally in an hour. Mm. It it really is remarkable how sensitive they are and how just like people, when you kind of release them from their past or their trauma, they're able to heal. Yeah, that's a wonderful story. And and also it sounded like the current owner 
the horse was projecting into the future that the same thing was going to happen and what happened in the past. That's actually a great point, Bart. And I hadn't even thought of that, but that's that I think that's very well, it's, accurate. It's very human in a mm -hmm. way. But of course, as Buck says, we have horses with human problems. Correct. <laughs> it, it really is unfortunate how many horses have experienced trauma or abuse or neglect. And um, that's really kind of why I say my mission is really more about the horse um, and improving the, the lives of, you know, horses in our, mm -hmm. in our day and time. Um, because in, in return, that's going to impact positively impact, um, the people who interact with them. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you feel like sometimes that horses are there to serve the person? I mean, I, I know you're talking about the predator and prey relationship, and maybe this is just in my, uh, fantasy that, that horses come into people's lives to heal them as well. No, I absolutely believe that. Um, I, and the reason that I believe that and how I know that personally is because I, I've had quite a few horses just in the time that that um, Scout came back into my life because I rescue them and, re, you know, either rehome them, um, you know, or, um, you know, whatever, whatever needs to happen. Yes. And yeah. um what has happened in this evolution of me owning horses is that the kinds of horses that find me and that I truly believe that they find me, the kinds of horses that find me have changed because all this time I've been also been working on myself. So I'm not getting the super, the really super duper anxious horses anymore. Like I was early on because I've healed a lot of my own anxiety. Mm. And now I'm getting ready to start training horses to be ridden because I'm finally in a place that I feel comfortable. I know what to do with horses on the ground. Now I can start training them to ride and that partnership can be extended um, mm. because it is, it is actually, what's the word? It is actually extra to ask a horse to be ridden. They really actually are not built to be ridden. So it's quite Ooh, the really? gift. Mm -hmm. It's quite the gift for us to ride them. And so we, we have a responsibility that if we're going to ride them, we need to um, improve their health, um, their spine, their muscles, and all of those things to enable them to carry us without being injured and without, you know, feeling pain and things like that. So there's so, a lot that goes into it. So do you ask the horse? There are, there are some horses that, you know, they, they didn't, they don't want to be ridden. Um, I have one right now that I'm feeling him out. Um, and at one time I would think he, he didn't want to be ridden because he's one that doesn't really like much to be touched. Yeah. Um, but I, I have, but he's doing so much better that I think that, um, we will get there. And he actually, his name is Ankh. He's the one I told you last week during yes, um, yes. um, Cloudstone's uh, program that, you know, I have a horse named Ankh because he's half Egyptian Arabian. Wow. And um, so he's one that I'm sort of borderline on. And I, I listen if they don't, 
if they don't want to be ridden, if they don't want to do something one day, and there's no reason that I, you know, that I have to force them, then I listen and I say, okay. I have a question for that. But before I say that, uh, I just wanted to uh, invite those who are on the chat to, um, if you have questions, comments, please um, uh, type them out and send them our way. Absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm asking lots of questions. Um, And one of them I wanted to ask you, uh, because it's such an interesting intuitive slash intellectual and then relationship uh, thing going on here with the horses. How do you how do you know when it's time? Like I, we're, we're moving on to we're having a riding relationship. How mm-hmm. do you get that message? What does that feel like? Well, as I mentioned before, Scout, you know, his owner had said he should never be ridden. He's not safe to be ridden. And you know, one day we were just there. And I, I, I could just feel it. Like he was inviting me to ride him. Wow. And, and it was a beautiful thing. Like I can't even tell you, you know, how amazing that feeling was uh, to be able to get on him. And he truly invited me to ride. And so, you know, I was actually working with um, one of my other geldings this morning he had a um, he had an incident with his former owner where he got spooked when they were mounting. And so now he when they were mounting him to ride uh, and now he gets he's very spooky about being, you know, being near the mounting block, which is basically a step that someone gets on if they're short like me and, you know, needs to get on top of a taller horse. And so this morning we just worked over and over again around, and I use positive reinforcement, um, clicker training. We just worked on standing next to the mounting block. And I I would never presume to get on his back until I know he is absolutely comfortable with that first step. Mm. Because if you continue to do something and they're not ready for it, then you're going to get hurt or they're going to get hurt. Is that something you just kind of feel in your gut? That, oh, it's not time. It, I think it's both. It co- both comes from experience with the horse and um, and feeling for sure. I mean, that's how okay. I kind of live my life is I'm is feeling. I'm, I'm an empath, yeah. very strong feeling. I just sort of know. But some of that does come from just working with the horse day in and day out as well. Isn't it funny how intuitive abilities are um, developed? Um for me, I, 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 in my shamanistic practice, I'm very much fascinated with uh, the human condition and emotions and releasing emotions because that's what I did to change myself. I was, I, I was pretty messed up uh, 15, 20 years ago with just a, you know, overwhelm of trauma and such, you know. And then I look at my father, who. <laughs> could sense copperheads, snakes, and know when the oil field or the oil rig that he worked on was going to have problems and he'd wake up and go down there and fix it. Uh, And and of course, he could never explain this to me. But Mm -hmm. one thing I find in common is that what we have an affinity to, if we choose it, we can start 
developing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, let me, I guess, follow up with my own experience with that is, you know, I didn't know anything in this world of, you know, being a psychic or an empath or into, I, I knew nothing about it. Nothing. Really? I always had an affinity for animals. Always. Oh, and, you know, I was going to be a vet. That was supposed to be what I did. Um, so you went from a corporate, ex you went from a nonprofit executive to a psychic somewhere in there. Having no experience with it. Yes. And it was just, it sort of fell in my lap and I'd always been fascinated by it, but I knew there was no one in my life. I didn't know anyone. Um, so I am proof that it can be developed. Uh, now, did, did I have signs when I was, you know, when I was growing up and in my early, um, you know, 20s? Absolutely. Yeah. There were signs there. Yeah. But I developed it in myself. And, you know, and this is my full time job now. So. Yeah, um, it, it's uh, it's funny how they all kind of show up. I mean, I've been around, I met you several times and always what impressed me was you did have that. Uh, medium energy, which is really, to me, it really comes from the, the, the hips, the space between the hips. And it's a very, I don't want to say heavy in a negative way, but it's a very different vibration that feels thicker and stronger. And, and to me, that feels like a horse energy as well, that people with horse energy, they seem to have that energy between them, their hips that is very, very strong. And with that, also, uh, we have a question. Okay. This is from Robin Shepard, who <laughs> he says one of my uncles was a farmer and in and, and the horse, they, they work very much with horses with their ranch work. And she is asking the question, well, what do you do when the horse doesn't want to work that day? Well, for me, I have the option to say, okay. Um, and, and personally, you know, I think that that's the best option if you have it, you know, yeah. if you, if you, you know, if something has to be done, you know, and there are times, you know, there are times that something has to be done. You just, you know, I, for me, I try to explain that to them um, and, you know, work through it. And really that's, I mean, communicating with them and having that relationship with them means that sometimes they're going to have to do something just because you asked them to do, to do it. Yeah. Um, and vice versa, even, you know, there are times that they may, they may say, no, I don't want to do it. And if you have that option, you can say, okay. So, so maybe if you had the attitude that, well, I'm sad, we're going to have to do work and you're not in the mood as opposed to you know, get over here and get this work done. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. You know, I think anytime, anytime you force a horse to do something, you're putting them in where they're really shut down about it, or they're really adamant about it. Um, and you don't give them an opportunity to say yes. Um, you find a way to get them to say yes. Can mm. you do this? Can you do this? Um, you know, I'm training my colt um, right now <laughs> to get used to a water hose and wa running water. And boy, he does not, he's not real happy about that. 
And so I find a way to get him, you know, what is, what is it that you can do? What is it that you do feel comfortable with? Let's start there. And, you know, we go from there. And we have a great Chris question. I just put it up here, uh, but I'm going to read it anyway, because yeah. some people do not see the screen because they're on pure radio. This is from MLM Crystals and Gems. And it says, as you're working with horses, are you getting messages from spirits as well, like communication from higher realms or messages for you as the whisperer? Absolutely. I absolutely do. It's it. Um, it really just varies with the horse and what comes through. Uh, some horses have a stronger energy. And so I get more information at that time. Um, you know, especially when I'm doing energy work on other people's horses, um, I, I'm definitely kind of have that channel really strongly open so that I'm, I'm um, you know, what is it that is going on with the horse? What, um, what do I need to know about it? Uh, you know, what can it tell me? And so then I start actually communicating with the horse, you know, what do you want to tell me? What do you, what would you like your owner to know? Or if the owner has specific questions. Um, so that is absolutely happening. Thank you. That's mm. a great question. It really is. And I had another question because this has always fascinated me with, uh, horses that serve, uh, handicapped individuals, whether that be, uh, mm -hmm post-traumatic stress syndromes, people with autism or different forms of autism and uh, other emotional uh, challenges. Um, do you have anything to share about that? I, I don't have a specific question about it, but I'm, I'm always fascinated with that particular topic. Well, absolutely. And, you know, as I mentioned, I have a son with autism and, um, and I've worked with um, a number of people with special, you know, I call it people with special needs or disabilities. And they do often have a really strong connection with animals um, and vice versa. Uh, because, you know, in some ways they are more pure because they mm -hmm. don't have the filters of logic and, you know, kind of what's being directed at them from society. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, horses in particular often, you know, children and people, I think, with with, um, you know, some special needs or disabilities, uh, they are particularly fond of them um, and they want to help them. They may act very differently with those people than they do um, with other people. And, you know, there's so much neuroscience kind of behind it as well, as far as um you know, writing someone, you know, someone like that, there's, you know, phenomenal therapeutic writing programs because of what's happening in the brain and creating mm -hmm. uh, new neural pathways mm. um, with that rhythm. That rhythm is very important to calming the brain. Um, and that's why rhythm and in, in writing um, has such a tremendous effect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I just think that, working with children with disabilities, they're so far out of their body. To be handicapped, and this is just an opinion, uh, is there's always some form of abuse. Not that people may abuse them, but if you think that you have a sensory impairment that creates a disconnection from you and others in some way, shape or form, 
that is a form of abuse because you are suffering from your isolation. Well, maybe not so much abuse, but it's just traumatic. I think yes, it, it is. It is. It's just a word that I, I use. It may not be the right word, but it is traumatizing. Yeah. And I think horses have something to offer to people to connect, to reconnect to something. They really do. Uh, you know, I, it's always interesting. You know, my sons aren't anywhere near as into the horses as I am, but they, my oldest especially will go with me and he's the one with autism. And it's always fascinating to me to watch, um, to watch the horses interact with him. Um, one of them, the one, um, the one that I've gotten most recently, he just adores my son. Um, it's really just, you know, I've used the word magical to watch them together um, because it just brings such joy to my son, but it also wow. really seems to bring joy to the horse. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> there's so many parallels with the, uh, being a special ed teacher with what you're saying today of that our joy opens up or, or just becomes kind of a magnet to attract uh, a different energy in for the horse and, and the rider. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's one of the more magical things with it. Yeah, you know, when I'm always on a horse, what I always what always was profound to me is how much it demands you to be conscious of the space between your hips. Absolutely. And absolutely all the does. muscles and all the awareness. And you know, I, I can perceive energies of people and uh the horse people just seem to have this big energy between their hips. Yeah. You mentioned that. And I, I think that's an interesting, um, it's an interesting thought or I guess inside of, of, I honestly never, um, I've never thought of that. So now I'm going to be paying attention, Bart. Um, <laughs> well, you got it. And, and it over the internet. You know, I, um, you mentioned earlier about that as far as being a medium, you know, and I think a lot of that too is part of my being a medium is that I clear negative energy and negative mm -hmm. entities and things like that. And, and there aren't a ton of people that do that. There are certainly people that do it. I right. know you do it. Right. Um, but, but it's not a super common, um, gift. And True. I think that brings with it a lot. There's a lot of power in that, you know, of uh, and responsibility. And I think that 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 brings some of that heaviness to it, um, as you mentioned. But but I think the same thing applies in working with horses because, you know, you are you are putting yourself in a situation that has the ability to change you if you're open to it, and it also has the ability to have such an incredible impact on these animals that are highly intuitive, highly sensitive, um, and, and that energy going both ways yeah. is just profound. I mean, it is profound. Uh, I, if I could live, <laughs> if I could just live out there with my horses, you know, I would. And because they bring me such joy 
And it's so clearing. And, you know, I think we mentioned, too, about how it requires you to be present. If you're off doing something else, that horse knows it instantly. If I pick up my phone to record, do a video of them, they 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 will change what they're doing like nobody's business because they're like, she's not paying attention to me anymore. Like it it is that quick. So go ahead. I apologize. It's true. And and it's such a unique thing that, I mean, every animal has their own particular relationship with humans. I have three cats that, you know, have all of their special abilities and and how to control me. Um, (laughs) Enjoy it. However, you know, horses, you know, they're little. And so they do have to control me to get a response because I'm much bigger than them. But a horse is bigger than you. And they will try to control me. Trust me. They try. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And really it do. depends on what it is they're asking if I let them or not. You know, I mean, it's, they're still large animals. So, you know, you have to kind of be aware of safety and, you know, and what is it that they're, you know, trying to do and, you know, what's going on with their behavior. You always have to be conscious of that. You really do. And that that's such a gift to be able to, uh, have that flow. And I would imagine if you're on a horse all the time, you're in that constant flow with the earth and um, your body with that. Maybe you're not so much in your head, but you're more in your head. Yeah, I agree. You have to kind of get out of your head and into your heart and, and be more connected. You know, I, my connection with mother nature since having, I mean, I've always had a pretty strong connection, but my connection with with nature since having horses has grown exponentially um, of being aware of what's going on around me and the trees. Like I have a really, you know, love affair really with trees. And uh, and that really has started since having horses. Mm. Part of the healing effect. It is very much so. Yeah. I'm sure they don't have a mission to, uh, help change these helpless humans, but it just kind of comes. You would be surprised. So you would be surprised. You know, I (laughs) I have worked with kind of what I call the, um, the horse collective, which is, um, you know, there's horses um, in, in the next dimension um, Uh that will come through and work. I'll detail. Mm -hmm. What's that about? <laughs> well, I've done I've done various circles and you know full moon and and different things and and though they will come down um and 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 I'll know when they're there because my horses will respond um so I'll know when they're present as well and it it, it it's kind of like it's kind of like you know the wisdom of many, many horses throughout humanity and throughout as long as horses have been in existence and we're, we're, you know, able to access that information and, and um, if we're open to it. Would that be something like an ancestry of horses? It is. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Almost like our own ancestors. It is. I mean, we have our own ancestors and a lot of people have been tuning into, well, let's bring her, let's start asking her, ancestors to help us with everyday life and uh, heal different things. And they're part of our, you know, you know, part of our beingness. 
So I, and, I and I've done the exact same thing. I apologize, Bart. I didn't mean to talk over you. Do you, do you, do you bring in the ancestors uh, in your own life? I do. I do bring in, well, I bring, I, for me, I guess it's just sort of a natural thing, but with the horses, if I, if I'm like needing my current horses to understand what I'm doing or that it's going to be okay, then I will call mm -hmm. on those horse ancestors to give comfort to the horse that I'm working with. Wow. Any place that in the horse, when you start to do that, seems to light up or anything? Because I mean, I would imagine horses have chakras like they the do. rest of us. They do have chakras. Um, I'm trying to think if I've noticed that. I may not have noticed that um, I, because I really focus more on, you know, just wherever I'm feeling the energy. Right. And so that's going to be different with every horse. Right, right. Well, that's certainly interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, when I find the, the ancestry portal, I call it the interdimensional portal. Portal is in between the solar plexus and the heart, and it works with the solar plexus and heart as well. But it's like a portal of energy that kind of goes interdimensionally. And it's our, if we want to learn interdimensional consciousness, that's one of the places that we focus on. I love that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we we just have all of these probably similar abilities. Uh, we do. With horses. I mean, they have a super sophisticated uh, nervous system. They do. They do. And they will, he they can, you know, do energy work on us as well. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really fascinating. Um, and they teach us if, if people are open to it. They will teach us mm -hmm. how to do energy work. Um, and all of those things. Wow, that's that's wonderful. Do you think energetically that they're like, you know, when, when I think of my energetic being, I know that it goes into the ground uh, and and it's connected there almost like neurologically, an astral neural sensory system, so to speak. Do you think the horses have something similar? Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to, I will have to uh, check in with them on that. Yeah, that would be a fun question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, any last words that you want to just share with my horses? I know we haven't talked about your business, but you've done, you do um, intuitive well, readings, you do I, horse trauma work, you do horse training. I do. I, I do uh, behavior consultations for horses. I do energy work on horses and people, uh, clearing trauma um, and, and all of those things. And I'd like to offer if people are listening, just uh, I'll give you a 15% discount for sharing um, that you saw me and Bart on the show. And just contact me at uh, julie-bradshaw.com. Or uh, I'm on Facebook at uh, Horse Magic, Julie Bradshaw, Horse Magic and Training. And I also make wonderful jewelry, both for people and horses with crystals. And I put energy in those as well. And that's in my Etsy shop at Jules, J-U-L-S, Jules, Main Beads and more. Yeah. So, Well, thank you so much, Julie. Um, we're coming at the end of our hour. And uh, thank you for being here. And having this wonderful talk on one of my favorite topics that fascinates me and I don't know enough about is horses. 
Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed it, Bart. I, I think you have quite a bit of, of knowledge because we we uh, we didn't have any trouble finding things to talk about. So, I like I say, I'm very curious with them. Though I, I spend little time with them, but they they I find them absolutely fascinating. Well, I do too. So, and thank you is, for having me. Well, you're most welcome. Thank you for being here and 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 being here on the United Public Radio Network and UFO. Paranormal Radio Network out of uh, New Orleans, Louisiana at 107.7 and 105.3. Just a wonderful worldwide network on Roku, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Internet Radio. um, And there's a few other ones in there that you can get on. But uh, if you want to uh, be on my program uh, or Get in touch with me. I'm Bart Sharp, bartsharp.com. Become my friend on Facebook. Uh, and uh, I would love to send you links to this program so that you can be on the chat and be with us. And next week on the United Public Radio Network at Wednesday at 2 o'clock, we have Laura Lee Potwin, who is a radio show host here on United Public Radio Network. Uh, her show is called The Angel Rock, and she is a medium, uh, always been a medium. <laughs> and we're going to be talking on the topic. I love this topic. The intuitive life. What is life like on the other side of the logical? So it should be a really interesting hour where we trade secrets and uh, perspectives about what the psychic life is all about. And so all you psychics come tune in and join in the chat and we're just going to have a really fun hour just like this hour has been really wonderful with julie thank you so much thank you bart thank you it sounds like a great show i'll probably gonna have to tune in next week for sure so indeed and uh i'll see y'all next week bye-bye